Why should you support Black Lives Matter? The Black Lives Matter movement started on July 13, 2013 by Alicia Garza as a response to the grand jury decision to not indict Officer Darren Wilson for the death of Mike Brown. It was also influenced by the death of an African-American boy, Tamir Rice, 12 years old at the time, who was shot and killed by a Cleveland police officer. The Black Lives Matter movement was not started to show supremacy to any other community, whether they be white, Asian, Jewish, Islam, gay, transgender, women, Hispanic, Native American, Indian, etc. Saying all lives matter is said in response to Black Lives Matter. The truth is, all lives should matter. But African Americans don't matter in the hands of the criminal justice system, the media, and our government. Our government was centered around the white man. The moment that Christopher Columbus explored America in 1492, the white community was put at a higher standard. The Native Americans were attacked, raped, and pushed further and further west until they barely had any territory to call their own. And we have the nerve to call them savages? When Christopher Columbus came back to Europe explaining his findings, many European countries, including England, Spain, and France, jumped at the opportunity to colonize what we know as America today. When the American Constitution was signed on September 17, 1787, it stated that all men are created equal. However, this only referred to a certain percentage of the nation, the percentage of the people that were white, Christian men who owned property. The slave trade officially started in America in 1619. The slave trade wouldn't stop until January 1, 1808, with the act prohibiting importation of slaves of 1807. That is almost 200 years of slaves being stolen from Africa and enduring the Middle Passage to get to America. 60 million slaves were killed during slavery, and 40% of that happened during the Middle Passage and in Africa. But it doesn't stop there. Slavery wasn't officially abolished until 1865 with the ratification of the 13th Amendment, which took the entire year to get passed by Congress. That is 246 years of slavery in America. However, slavery still did not stop there. After the Civil War, the former states of the Confederacy needed to find a new way to get free labor. That is when sharecropping was invented. A lot of people like to forget about this part of history, so I will educate you. Sharecropping is a form of slavery where farmers would let former slaves use the land if they produced a certain amount of crops. This was supposed to benefit both landowners and African Americans, but things are never as pretty as you think. According to Britannica, charges for the supplies were deducted from the sharecroppers' portion of the harvest, leaving them with substantial debt to landowners in bad years. Sharecroppers would become caught in continual debt, especially during weak harvests. They were stuck in a continual cycle of debt. Sharecropping ended in the 1940s, that is, at most, 84 years of slavery under a different name. African Americans did have a little bit more freedom after slavery, but it did not seem like freedom. Pretty much everyone is aware of the Jim Crow laws. Jim Crow laws legalized racial segregation from Reconstruction in 1877 to the beginning of the Civil Rights Movement in the 1950s. It denied service to black people from restaurants, bathrooms, movie theaters, churches, water fountains, schools, and so much more. These laws weren't legally ended until 1964 when President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act. Let's talk about the Civil Rights Act. Y'all know who Martin Luther King Jr. is, and a lot of white supremacists like to use his movement to belittle the Black Lives Matter movement by saying that he was peaceful. Here is a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. himself. A riot is the language of the unhurt. And let's not forget that Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated for his representation in the cause. 
Social reform isn't as easy as conservatives believe it to be. When Colin Kaepernick decided to kneel during the national anthem in 2016, his career was destroyed. What Kaepernick did was an example of peacefully protesting. He was unheard, canceled, and attacked. Now, in 2020, when people are protesting the criminal justice institution, they are seen as animals and thugs, according to our very own president. However, video evidence from the protesters themselves have shown that it is usually the police that start the violence. They are the ones who shoot the tear gas and rubber bullets at the protesters when they are just holding signs and begging for their lives. Tear gas is extremely harmful to the respiratory system and very dangerous to use during a global pandemic. The police officers are also using rubber bullets the wrong way. Rubber bullets are meant to be ricocheted off of the ground and hit the person, not shot directly at them. Even though a rubber bullet most likely won't go through your skull, it will significantly damage it. This causes brain damage that could last the rest of a person's life or even result in their death. However, only like a couple weeks ago, white Americans were doing the same thing to protest a pandemic. They wanted haircuts. Black people wanted their lives. How come the black people are the bad guys? It just shows them how the media wants you to perceive the situation to better themselves. This is not the first time that the media has twisted things. Do you even bother to read the names of the people that were victims of police brutality? You would never have known them if it weren't for their protesters yelling their names. There wouldn't be people protesting for justice for George Floyd if it wasn't recorded. I mentioned Martin Luther King Jr., but do you know who Malcolm X is? He was also part of the civil rights movement and urged black protesters to protect themselves against white aggression by any means necessary. Most people don't know who Malcolm X is because our education system is also flawed. They don't want us to know that rioting helped the cause. Do you know who Claudette Colvin was? She refused to give her seat up on the bus before Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks was a key person in the civil rights movement. How come only she was represented? Well, Colvin was 15 when it happened and deemed as a bad representative because she did not have good hair. She was not fair-skinned. She was a teenager, and she was pregnant at the time. This shows how the media and the education system messes with your mind. Now, let me educate you about King Leopold II. He established Belgium as a colonial power in Africa and caused many widespread atrocities which resulted in the death of 10 million Africans in the Congo Free State. During the Holocaust, 6 million Jews were killed and 5 million non-Jews were killed, according to the Washington Post. The Holocaust was a traumatic time in history. It definitely showed a representation in the education system. But how come King Leopold II is hardly taught in schools? Even if the Holocaust was more intricate and longer than King Leopold II, how come he doesn't get any representation? Besides our parents, the education system is responsible for our views on current issues. Also, there is talk about excluding the Holocaust from school curriculum, which also adds to my point. How can you say that racial equality exists when it doesn't even exist in history books? People also like to claim that after the civil rights movement, racism stopped in America. It certainly did not end there. When the 13th Amendment was ratified, Congress gave one exception to forced labor, and that is the prison labor system. The prison labor system enforces prisoners to do labor as punishment for the crimes they committed. According to the Harvard Civil Rights Civil Liberties Law Review, prison labor is a lawful form of race discrimination. As compared with the population at large, prisons in the United States house 32.4% of young black men who have not completed high school, as compared with 6.7% of young white men who do not complete high school, despite some sociological data suggesting that white Americans commit crimes at an equal rate to or higher than people of color. The article also states, the dramatic incongruence of prison demographics compared to the United States population as a whole is produced and perpetuated by broken windows, policing, and the disproportionate enforcement of non-violent criminal statutes in communities of color. 
As a result of these policies, prisons in the United States are filled with young people of color, often serving unreasonably long sentences. It is like we're going backward in time and trying to ring back slavery while the public turns a blind eye. Yes, there are more white people killed by the police than black people each year. However, we have to also acknowledge the number of white people there are in America compared to black people. As of July 2019, 76.5% of the population was white and 13.4% of the population was black. From 2017 to 2020, 1,398 white people and 755 black people were killed by the cops. At first glance, it seems as though white people are more affected by police violence. However, there are approximately 251,103,235.1 white people in America and 43,984,096.08 black people. The number of white people killed by police compared to the total white population is 0.0005%. The black people killed by police is 0.17% of their population. What about crime rates? Well, of course, the crime rate would be higher for African Americans because their communities are over-policed. It is much easier for a white person to get away with a crime because they don't look like a suspect in the eyes of the police. African Americans are also more likely to be convicted of petty crimes than white people. For example, Willie Simmons. Back in 1982, Simmons robbed a man of $9. He has spent the last 38 years of his life in prison on a life sentence without parole. Simmons is also an Army veteran. Let's compare that to Brock Turner, a 24-year-old white man. He was charged with raping an unconscious girl behind a dumpster. He was sentenced to only three months in prison. This is why we are protesting and rioting. Racial injustice has existed since the founding of our country, and we're not going to pretend it doesn't exist anymore. People say that riots are not the way to go about things. Then tell me, how should we be going about this? We tried kneeling at sports games. People were fired and canceled. We tried peacefully protesting down the street. People were tear-gassed and shot at with rubber bullets. ACAB does not stand for all cops are bad. It stands for all cops are bastards. They're all part of a corrupt system. The term doesn't denote every individual cop's morals and individuality. It means that when they submit themselves to a corrupt institution, their job is to carry out the ideologies of that system. To be a police officer, you need only six months of training and a high school diploma. You only need that much for the law to be on your side and to carry a gun. But how much training does it require to use a curling iron on someone? Hairstylists need to get an associate's degree at cosmetology school and then go through nine months to one year of training. But I will say that we should be thankful for cops during this time because they are targeted when they wear their uniform because of protesters. Must be horrible. It's almost like how African Americans have felt from a young age. But here's the difference. Here is why cops are not oppressed. They get to take off their uniform at the end of the day. They didn't have to wear that uniform when they were born. They could turn in their uniform and choose a different life. African Americans cannot do that. When they were brought into this world, they were already at a disadvantage and will have to go through that for the rest of their life. They have to teach their children about how life is going to be harder for them than their white friends. Choosing to become a police officer was ultimately your decision. Justice will not be served unless it is inconvenient to the people in power. And guess what? The riots are working. Derek Chauvin's charges were upgraded from third-degree murder to second-degree murder. The other officers were arrested. Brianna's law was passed and will ban no-knock warrants in Louisville, Kentucky. This is not the end. Not until every person responsible for racial injustice is deemed responsible. Do you say that looting isn't the answer? Then for that, I must ask you, when have material goods become more important to you than the lives of African Americans in the land of the free? And don't think for a second that the looters are all part of the Black Lives Matter movement. Many white supremacists were seen taking advantage of the movement for their own personal gain. 
there is video evidence of protesters blocking store doors to prevent people from looting. I understand that it is hard to separate yourself from the ideas that you were taught by family, friends, news stations, and politicians. All I ask is that you conduct your research. Don't be racist just because your family might be. Just because your friends might think that saying the N-word is cool doesn't mean you have to. One key factor when maturing is that you understand that everyone has a different perspective on things. Take the time to step back from the situation and view it based solely on you and your morals. Nobody else's. Listen to the crowd, but formulate your own opinion. Thank you.